0: Welcome to Life on Earth, the Peace Project, a podcast that teaches you how to connect with the divine and transform darkness into light through topics from yoga to nature and ultimately love. Join your host, Natalie Kwa, to celebrate and encourage diversity, peace, and global equality, one earthling at a time. Hi, Brooke. Hi, Natalie. Hi, welcome to Life on Earth podcast, everyone. Super psyched to be here today. I um love spending time with Brooke. Thank you, Brooke. <laughs> well, thank you, Natalie. Sharing your energy yeah. and your love and your heart space with uh, Life on Earth community. It's been really awesome because we've been in this chakra series, and Brooke and I have been co-hosting these episodes. We invite you to go back and listen to them. It's beginning from the first, second, third. And today, we are in the heart space, fourth chakra. (laughs) Woo-hoo! Yay! Yeah, so this is a beautiful one. It's called, the Sanskrit name is Anahata. The color is green, and the element is air, and I'm excited to cover this one today with you, Brooke, because it's such a beautiful, energetic, physical, energetic, body, mind, spirit, such a beautiful place, the heart.
1: Yeah, it is.
0: Yeah. So how would you like to start? Let me know.
1: (laughs) Oh, we can start by, I guess, how we normally do, just naming, like, the developmental task and the stage and all that. So,
0: we are going to begin with uh, some very basic information so that you guys can kind of get it, and then we'll go from there, and then we'll share some perspectives and some things that really has popped up for us or helped us or some of the things that Brooke and I both have remarked about the heart space that we would like to share with you guys mm. so the purpose of this chakra is love and balance and by the way as always as with this whole series we're reading from this part not we're not reading all it, we're just reading yeah. a little part from uh, eastern body western mind by miss Anodea judith definitely recommend the book so again purpose of heart space is love balance color is green it's in your heart chest cardiac plexus. Perhaps you want to read developmental stages.
1: Okay. So the developmental stage is four to seven years. That's whenever you develop this chakra when you're four to seven years old. Developmental tasks are forming peer and family relationships. And the basic rights are to love and to be loved. Can we go to the balance characteristics? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's important. Yeah. So when it's balanced... There are symptoms of being compassionate, loving, empathetic, self-loving, altruistic, peaceful, balanced, and a good immune system.
0: Yeah, and I can read some of the traumas and the abuses. I'm not going to read all of them, just a few. Rejection, abandonment, that could be a trauma, obviously. Abuses to the other chakras can affect the heart space. Unacknowledged grief. It can also affect the heart space, divorce, death of a loved one, not being loved, loveless, not having any love in your life, cold environments, sexual or physical abuse, betrayal. Okay, so those are a lot of them. Then there's some deficiencies. Maybe you want to read like just a few.
1: Okay. So deficiencies would be lack of empathy, being antisocial or withdrawn, critical or judgmental, Depression or loneliness and fear of intimacy. And then the excess would be codependency, poor boundaries, being demanding or clingy, jealousy, and overly sacrificing. So you're just kind of giving too much.
0: Giving, giving,
1: giving, giving, giving.
0: Yeah. Giving, 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 giving. It has no boundaries, has no healthy boundaries, and it's just not healthy. It's not good. Yeah.
1: Which boundaries is a big thing that we were actually talking about.
0: Yeah, and I want to get into it, but let's go through these first. Okay, so some of the physical things that can happen is... You know, uh, circulation problems, asthma, immune system, these are just potential things. They're not necessarily going to happen to you. They're just potential things that could be associated potentially with the heart chakra imbalance. But I'm going to read some healing practices. I always love to go into the healing practices so that we can know how to go into these you know modalities so that we can heal ourselves and so we can know how okay this is an, uh, you know all these imbalances we're telling you guys imbalances and then what the chakra needs and then these are the healing practices but what we're going to do today is after we do the healing practices let's break into our perspectives Brooke and then talk about all of those things that you were saying and then share with you guys listeners And then we'll perhaps close the episode with some really cool affirmations. Yeah. Yeah. So some of the healing practices, I'll read like half of them and then you can do the others. Breathing exercises such as pranayama, working with the arms, reaching out, journaling, self-discovery. Examine assumptions about relationships. Are you assuming that someone feels a certain way or is a certain way? emotional release of grief, forgiveness when appropriate, and?
1: Inner child work, codependency work, self-acceptance.
0: Okay, so, you know, one of the differences between, Brooke and I were also talking earlier how there are, even though this heart chakra is, there's a lot of talk on the heart space, and we love and the heart and compassion and unconditional love. Yes, they're all related. Yet this heart space also has, in my opinion, many misunderstandings of the use of this energy. And so one thing that I wanted to clarify and bring up is that the second chakra, the Swahistana, is much more related and connected to emotional energies. It's more emotionally oriented so when we, and as we know, the second chakra is about sexuality, instinct, emotional, so very, you know, different than the heart space. So, for example, when you have this feeling that you walk into the, a room and you say, oh, I'm super attracted to this person, and then you feel that, you know, butterfly feeling, and perhaps you the next day or two days after, especially if you've connected with the individual, you say, I'm in love, <laughs> <laughs> that is actually as we many of us know that is actually infatuation nothing wrong with it it's just much more of a second chakra feeling and i just really wanted to clarify that because anything that's too emotionally based and has that kind of you know very anxious energy in a way even if it's excitement has more to do with the swahistana and not the heart so when we go in into our heart space we're talking about Love, a love that opens up to, uh, opens us out to expansion. We're talking about this love that is a radiant sense of well-being, this unconditional love. This is the love that you choose as opposed to a love that you are, you know, that carries you on. You, it's like you actually carry the love. This is what makes people stay together for lifetimes. Right, So it's a conscious love, it's a conscious decision. It's not so much you know all instinctual, perhaps it was instinctual at a certain point that sparkled that it and it transformed into a love. But the heart space is that place of really unconditional compassion. It invites us to live in a principle of balance, and the heart space is about equilibrium, it's about balance so We need for us to be in our center, for us to feel that kind of inner peace. We need to feel this sense of expansion with this love. It's not a love that will tie you down. So, love is being able to communicate, to share information with the others. This is a love in the heart chakra that integrates the light and the shadow with acceptance. So integrating the light and the shadow, not only of ourselves, but also of others, those that we, are, we love and are together with, integrating the light and the shadow. So it's not so much an ego-based love. You know, it's a love that requires uh, vulnerability, self-acceptance. And this is when you also need to practice self-love, Right. So we all know and we hear about that as well, that self-love is so important. Can you speak on self-love, Brooke? I feel like I've heard you say some really beautiful things about it.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's no way you can be expected to love anyone else if you don't love yourself. You know, like it starts Mm -hmm. with you first. That's how you find the love, find love in general, as it starts with you. You know, you have to be open and willing but also it's work. I mean, it is work to love yourself. And as funny as that sounds, like to say out loud, but it's work. You know, you're constantly having to do things to kind of.
0: But when you say work, if I were to ask you, describe that. What kind of
1: work are you like? What are you talking so about? Just taking care of yourself, like self-care, really. Yes. Self-care is self-love. Mm-hmm. Exercising, eating healthy. You and I both are gonna mm-hmm. push for yoga. <laughs> yeah. Yoga's an amazing way to fall in love with yourself. Yoga mm-hmm. is amazing for a lot of things. <laughs> but yeah,
0: practicing that's what med- I mean, so like by the yeah. words, work. Practicing meditation, yeah. getting a massage, going to the spa, perhaps, you know, spending a few extra dollars
1: on the organic foods. And saying nice things to yourself yeah. instead of being like, I suck or I hate myself or whatever it is that you're saying negative towards yourself, being positive, which that can be one of the m- more harder things to do, you know? Yes. You know, for, for me, sure. I'm so hard on myself to where I'm just like, I mess up something and I'm like, oh my God, it suck. Like I, always I hear myself like saying that to myself. And I'm like, Brooke, like, stop saying that. Like, you don't, <laughs> you might've like, this might've been a mistake, but then you learn from it, you know, move on. It's fine. <laughs> but I mean, me, that's just how I am.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that that's a really good, great point. You know, sometimes I see very brilliant people presenting or talking about a project or talking about themselves. And they, for some reason, you know, they're never satisfied with who they are or what they're doing or what they're presenting, what they have to offer. And there's always a part that is no matter how great, you know, that album that you recorded with music is, I'm giving you an example, but it's not good enough. And we have to watch ourselves for that because if you're consistently putting yourself down, you know, where is the self-love, Where is the love? And at that point, you really need to take a step back and take a moment of gratitude for the gifts that you have and that you're sharing with the world and for everything that you are and what you're doing in your life. I think life moves in seasons, you know, also, and that sometimes we are in times in our lives that you everything is flowing and you're shining and maybe that was you know you think in your head that that's the best time in my life ever and sometimes you're in times in your life that are not so great but the times that are not so great also have so much to teach us and that's a lot of times where we have our sacred moments where we find out the truth the who we are What are we here for? What is our purpose while being alive? Understanding the message and not only understanding the message of the situation that you're in, but how can you transcend that? Doing the best you can, you know, with each situation. And sometimes it's not always easy, but again, it's necessary. You know, no matter how bad the situation is, you're probably not the first one. Right. And you're probably not going to be the last one, right? And even though we don't all have the same battles in life, we all have our own battles. And it might look different from one family to the other or one person to the other. None Nonetheless, they're equally important. You know, I'm a student of A Course in Miracles, and A Course in Miracles says none of us are special and all of us are special, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like you are no more special than anybody else. And you're all, nobody else is more special than you, or you are the most special and they are also the most special. So, you know, circumstances of life, of relationships, of whatever it is that is happening to us, it's usually happening for us. And we need to take a moment and pause and take a deep breath and allow a moment of surrendering to what is at each moment. Not in a way that you're not striving for something better or different. Obviously, you can always do that. Strive for something better or different. Not only, you know, want that, but but take actions for it. But in a way also that we are just acknowledging that sacred moment that you are in your life today. And the question is, like, what is it teaching me? You know, what is it teaching everyone around me? What is the information? How can I take this information and transcend it so that I can not only then help myself, but I can use this information to help others? And I think when we get that, we get things in a very different way, you know? Now, as you're going through times, it's perhaps not always the easiest one. One thing that I really love, and this brings me to this, is that the when we're talking about relationships, is that the heart space invites us to have a relationship to all beings, and so everything that's around us. So it's this love that's not only a love for yourself and for somebody else, but it's really a love that invites us to have this relationship, this love relationship with all beings around us, and that includes trees, the animals on this planet, our neighbors, the people we come across, the cashier at the grocery shop, the Uber driver, (laughs) the, you know, somebody that you're working with, even if it's online, you know, requires a level of respect and balance, and so... That's true love is when we can actually have this respect and balance towards our community, towards all around us, trying to really kind of shift this idea of a very kind of love that wants to possess, you know, versus a love that's um, unconditional and that it might reflect Use your heart space to reflect on others. There's a really big, there's a beautiful book. It's called Living in the Heart Space. I have it here in my hands. It's by a man called Drumvalo Melchizedek. I don't know if I spelled, pronounced his name correctly, but it's M-E-L-C-H-I-Z-E-D-E-K. And the picture of this cover of this book is this person with this beautiful merkaba around the heart space that it's so immense and so enormous that it it really kind of comes from the inner body into the outer layers of the body, creating this auric field and, and beyond like a bubble of energy. And I read this book twice. And in this book, he explains that each human being the heart space is so powerful. It has its own grid, its own energy grid, that every time that you cross another being or you in the same space or room, wherever, your heart space interacts with their heart space. That's the first connection. And he also says that we communicate with our heart, vibration, frequency, and energy. And so... That's really beautiful. Like what kind of energy, what is the quality of energy that you are putting out to the universe from your heart space? So there's a lot to learn from the heart.
1: Yeah. And
0: when you talked about healthy boundaries, when we talked about self-love, I think it also brings us to healthy boundaries, what you wanted to yeah. mention and uh, we talked about earlier. So what do you have to share about that?
1: Well, you kind of put it in really good words earlier, like just by using the word becoming resentful if you don't set healthy boundaries for yourself. So, and I, I really, that, that really resonated with me, I should say, just because you're going to hold a grudge against that person if you don't set these healthy boundaries. You're going to get resentful towards them because of whatever they're doing to you or whatever, you know, whatever is aggravating you. Or you feel as invasive, but you're just going to feel resentful towards them. And really, it's not all their fault. It's it's partially for them, maybe not, but you didn't set those boundaries for them to cross. So there were no boundaries basically there for them to cross because you didn't set them. So you have a shared fault in that situation. So. And I just really liked how, how you were explaining it with the resentful and you always have such good words and I'm like, yes. And then I can like <laughs> go you. on like a whole paragraph. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And
0: also I wanna share with everyone what I shared with you, Brooke, earlier is that I think that the reason why I feel like healthy boundaries are so important to me is because it's something that I have struggled with my whole life. And and the reason is because I come from a family that I don't believe that as much as, yes, I still love my family, but I don't believe and feel that we have healthy boundaries. And it's been something that it's a lot better now, but it's still something that I feel I have to really kind of set those And what I mean by that is what happens when you grow up like that is that then it reflects with everything else around you. You kind of repeat that pattern. So, you know, I felt that when I was in my teenagers, every time I fell in love, I would just give, give, give go the extra mile, you know, kind of almost do everything that the other person wanted in my 20s as well. And until I really started understanding that by doing that and many times saying yes when I meant no, I was really not honoring myself. I was really not practicing self-love to me. And what that would do is, yes, I would do it and, you know, spread myself thin and then come back home or in my heart space or my sacred space and feel depleted, feel resentful. Feel resentful towards myself, which then again, I'm inflicting, you know, negativity and not self love, but self pain. And then also feel resentful towards that other person, that other being or beings, even if there's more than one, which then might have translated something that could have been a beautiful relationship in my life. Maybe perhaps didn't last that long because, you know, at some point you just sort of snap. And that can be with, you know, the most challenging thing is your family because family, you're assigned. You don't, it's not like you chose, oh, oh, this, by the way, I mean, maybe you chose, <laughs> maybe you chose before it came. Yes, there's a belief system that you might have chosen your family. However, it's a contract, right? I mean, but when you are incarnated and you're born, those are assignments and That's the most challenging thing because there's something to really learn there with those individuals on a deep level. And many times we fail that and other times we can't transcend. But with other beings too, you can really kind of, once you understand your shadow, you can also understand your light. You know, and so by knowing that this was something that is still something that I have to work with, you know, I really have to sometimes, I'm, I catch myself, even to this day, it's gotten, in my 30s, I started really understanding what this was all about, and I've started, and I really had to practice, you know, bit, there was a period that I was like, I have to practice healthy boundaries, and what is this going to look like in my life? What is this going to look like with the person I'm with, with my family, with my friends with my coworkers, with my job and then I had to set some very very strong and solid structures so that I could actually follow that so that I could keep myself in track once you do that for a while right then you can kind of break away from that too then those structures can kind of you know relax a little bit and they don't have to be as rigid So that's kind of where I am right now. But at some point, you just have to kind of go through it so that you can feel, especially if you're somebody who you've never had healthy boundaries, then you can, you know, you can say, okay, you can literally like write it down on a paper. What does that look like? You know, it could be something as simple as somebody saying, I want you to come to lunch here. And you know in your heart space that you don't want to go and you say, thank you. I really appreciate, you know, that invitation. It sounds amazing, but I I am not able to do that on this day. And the answer of not being able can simply be because I don't want to. You know, that day, you know, I appreciate it. I would love to hang out with you another day, but that day I'm just not available for that because I'm going to read or whatever it is. You know, you don't even have to say why. You can just say, thank you, I'm not available, you know. Mm -hmm. And that is a really powerful thing. And, you know, this is also could be with your own mother, with your own family. I am not available. You don't have to give an excuse. It's like we're making excuses to be who we want to be. Right. And that's just like that goes into the whole thing with self-love. You know, to, in my opinion, that is not practicing self-love. And you don't have to be mean. You don't have, you know, you can you can say no very graciously. Yeah. You know, you can you can say a no that's heartfelt. It has nothing to do like I still love you and I might not want to go on that camping trip.
1: You know what I mean? What I kind of came down to is like, well, you know, your life is only so long. Why waste minutes or even seconds of your time that you have here doing something you don't want to be doing? Like, who is that serving? Because it's not serving you and it's not going to serve the people that you're going to go hang out with or be with because you're not enjoying yourself. So how are they going to really enjoy their time being around you, you know? So, just kind of a little food for thought.
0: Exactly. And that brings me to what is the quality of energy that you want to cultivate? You know, so for me, it's really challenging to be in, in negative environments, like for longer periods of time, because I'm very creative. I need to create a lot for my job, for my work. I need to write a lot. I need to create content. I need to do workshops. I'm an artist. It's very hard for me when I'm in a mindset that everything is so negative and that, you know, if it brings me down so much, I can't produce, I can't, you know, give back to the world in a way that I like to. And I Mm -hmm. have a lot that I want to do in this lifetime. I have a lot that I want to write. I have books that I want to write. I have stuff that I want to record on audio. I have things that I want to do online, in person. I mean, I have a lot to share. And so for me to get into this mindset that is vibrant, the frequency is clean, it's pure, is balance, is equilibrium, I need to, you know, conduce my life in a way that I'm surrounded by things that support me things and people who support me you know again so that is another thing why sometimes with certain situations if the situation is bringing you down over and over and over again then sometimes the best thing to do is to just distance yourself from the situation you know and to create some healthy boundaries which also that brings me to communication, which really we're going to talk a lot more next time when you guys join us for the Vishuddha, the throat chakra. But, you know, heart space and love also asks of us to be able to communicate, to communicate with others how we feel, who we are, and what we are. And when you have the freedom To communicate and to show people who you really are, knowing that they will, you know, maybe not understand you, but respect you with love. That's true love. You know, I don't need everybody to understand me. I don't need, you know, nor do I need or I'm expecting everyone to understand me. But I do need you if you want to be in my life to respect my views, how I am, the good and the bad, by the way. And if I say something that, you know, I am just still, I'm working through it or I'm just expressing myself, I would like for you to hold space for me as my friend or my lover or a family member who loves me and understand that we're all going through this process of evolution and that we're all here to learn, you know, we're here to learn what love is. And sometimes to learn what love is, you need to learn what love is not. Mm Mm-hmm. So, (laughs) So yeah, healthy boundaries are like super important. So Brooke, we've been talking a lot also of there's so much talk about opening your heart and how beautiful that is, but also how important it is to sometimes close your heart. You know, we as much as we need to open our hearts and be available and understand and try to you know, love others and unconditionally, sometimes, especially as with too much feminine energy and women and others with feminine energy, we sometimes do that a little too much. You know, we are always maybe too open, too loving, too, and that can sometimes also create unhealthy boundaries. So a good thing to think about is to do certain healing practices to also close your heart a little more is if you feel if and when you feel you are too open just as important it is to open the heart sometimes it is also important to create a little more structure and and really seal you know you can say close or seal that heart space a little more for our own protection and I know you mentioned you had a beautiful workshop
1: yeah a, um a blog so yeah <laughs> I wrote a blog it's on my soulful yoga website and it's just yoga poses to heal the heart. So there are some it's a good little like has a little write up and several different yoga poses that you can do to heal the heart and different little like variations. there's pictures you can see as well. Some are to open the heart. And then some are little variations like camel pose, which is like a type of back bend where you have one hand over your heart. So you're opening it, but at the same time, you're finding that balance by just simply placing your hand over your heart to where you're kind of keeping it closed, I guess, at the same time or within. And at the end of all of the poses, I have a little write-up. So whenever you're done the yoga poses, because of the work of it being there's so many to open it, I did suggest to come to a seated position and close your eyes and just sit there with for a few breaths with your hands, both hands, onto your heart to help balance and protect the heart. And that just kind of to help close it off. So protecting it would kind of be the same thing as helping to close it off. So when you're too open, you're kind of almost too vulnerable. You know, you're so overactive. You know, there's so much going on there. So to help protect it, just kind of close it off. And so that's really important.
0: Yeah, and that's, uh, that yeah. brings me to say that I have here is like we don't discover what we feel. We decide what we feel. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So not being so open that you're just like discovering and like, oh my God, I'm feeling this and that all over the place. Maybe you just come to a point that you decide what you allow to feel in your heart space. Yeah. yeah. I I have a workshop actually about the heart space and every time that I teach this workshop, you know, as a yoga teacher, I had a workshop many years ago. It was about opening your heart. And we would do a ton of backbends. We would do a ton of beautiful other things too, some chants, some chants and some meditations. And I started feeling that the energy wasn't really supporting the environment of where we were on planet Earth. And that a lot of the people coming to the workshop were leaving the workshop too vulnerable, to open. And so for a moment in time, I stopped teaching that workshop because I was just not in alignment with all of the heart opening too much. It just was, it felt imbalanced. And so I had to go in to give it some time and see what were the information that I was getting from so that I could actually recreate this workshop in a way that it was more sustainable and that it was serving people better And so I created then this new version of this workshop, which, you know, has a lot of the opening the heart. But it also has a lot of techniques to close the heart, to seal the heart a little more, bringing the whole energy of the workshop into more balance and more equilibrium, which Mm -hmm. is really where we want to go with the heart space. And by the way, we haven't mentioned, but the element is air. We might have mentioned, so when you take a deep breath into your heart space, as a matter of fact, do that right now. Take a deep breath, inhale. Feel your heart expanding. Feel that expansion of the heart. And then exhale completely. And you literally, you can feel your heart expanding and the expansion of the energies with the breath, which is the element air of this heart. So we would then conclude this workshop in a way that felt a lot more, it felt a lot more authentic to, you know, this energy of the heart space. And what I can share is that many of my, uh, the community and my students who have, participants who have gone through it said to me, whoa, this feels a lot different than some of these open, 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 open heart classes that I go to. And not only that, that I got a lot of, I really appreciate this work. So, you know, I am going to invite you guys to just think about this concept when you are moving through your breath work, yoga practices, or any other form of practices that you do in terms of the heart. Anytime we open something too much, we, it's always a good idea to also think about the sealing. And there's many ways you can, you know, seal any practices or spaces or meditations or energies. So that is a concept and it's just something that I wanted to share with you guys in case you want to explore it. <laughs> Anything else about your blog that you want to share or this part of the, our conversation?
1: No, I mean there's also like forward folds and stuff that you can do too to kind of protect it as well. But yeah, I mean if you want to find the blog, I mean it's on yeah. Where can we find my the website? Blog? So it's soulfulyoganola.com. I think you could even put in like soulfulyoganola.com dot slash heal the heart. It'll probably pull up. But if you just go to my website, click blogs, and it's in the first because I have it like sectioned off and it's actually in the first section and it's the second one listed so we'll, we'll include it's really easy the to show find. yeah we'll yeah. include the show link uh, i can even send time. you the link straight yes. to we'll too.
0: include that in our show link so you guys can get it and so let's conclude the heart space this beautiful sacred space of the heart with some affirmations yeah so here is one i am
1: worthy of love brooke I think this is going to be three, but it kind of flows in one sentence. <laughs> okay. The more, the more love I open myself to receive, the more love I have to give. I am willing to love everything about myself. And love is everywhere. It's the purpose of life. There is infinite supply of love. I am loving to myself and others.
0: I live in balance with others. And guys, I want to add... As we're going through this affirmation, this really just popped up to me when I read this, there is infinite supply of love. For those of you who were in a relationship that perhaps just terminated, or if you're suffering from any heartache, if you perhaps, you know, it can be a romantic relationship. It can also be any kind of relationship, friend, family, whatever. If that relationship has terminated, just know that There is an infinite supply of love. And just because, you know, if someone doesn't want to be with you or if you feel this heartache for something like that, you don't want to be around someone who doesn't want to be around you. Trust me about that because I know I've learned this the hard way. Mm -hmm. Even if you convince them to be with you, (laughs) it is not going to be good. So if someone doesn't want to be with you, the best thing you can do for yourself and for them is to let them go, you Mm -hmm. know, no matter who they are, even if it's a parent. And let them go, practice some sealing exercises and heal yourself, create some self-love for you, some self-care practices, and know that you are worthy of love and know that there's an infinite supply of love in the universe. And when you let someone go who doesn't serve you any longer or doesn't belong, you open space for someone new. You open space for new energies, new experiences, new life. So sometimes it is, it's is—it's an art to gracefully allow people or situations or experiences to move out of your life. Let them go. Let them continue. Let them go find their thing. And you trust the universe that there's an infinite amount of love. You are worthy of love. Something else, probably better, will come into your life. So I wanted to close with that. Thank you, my lovely co-hosts. This is amazing, the heart space, the bridge between the lower chakras And the upper chakras, I forgot to mention that. Yes, the heart space is the bridge. that's a huge part. Uh Uh-huh, huge (laughs) part. Heart space is the connection between the lower, more mundane energies while we are in this earth plane and the divine, the heavenly ones. The next time we join you, you join us, we're moving into the Vishuddha, the throat, third eye after, and then the Sahasrara. And that's how we really connect from heaven to earth, from earth to heaven. This is the path of the rainbow bridge, and the heart space is the bridge between those two worlds. It's so beautiful. Color is green. The element is air. So if you want to connect to it, go out in nature, connect with all the green, dress in green, drink green (laughs) juices and embrace the heart space. Thank you, Brooke. Namaste. Thank you,
1: Natalie. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Life on Earth. You can help us by taking a few minutes to leave a rating and review on iTunes. For more inspiring content, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Search Life on Earth in iTunes or visit lifeonearth.podbean.com.